Hello everyone, Haley here, your host of Uplift Lifestyle Podcast. I'm so excited to be sharing with you an interview with Dr. Lindsay Brooks. So if you've been following along on my Instagram, my website, my offerings, my podcast, etc., for some time you know that I'm all about embodiment, I'm all about empowerment, I'm all about pleasure. So when Dr. Lindsay Brooks, who is a sex therapist turned sex educator, reached out to me to come onto the show, I was honored and thrilled. I cannot wait to dive deep, ask all these questions that I know we are all so excited to learn more about and share them with you. Before I dive into the interview and the conversation, I want to read you Dr. Lindsay Brooks' bio. Dr. Lindsay Brooks is a sex therapist turned sex educator. She has her PhD in counseling psychology. She's a certified sex therapist and has been providing therapy since 2005. She is thrilled to now be bringing her knowledge beyond the therapy room with Sexual Empowerment School, where she teaches women how to build their sexual self-knowledge, develop pleasure-positive mindsets, and learn sexual communication skills through her online workshops and resources. Oof, I can't wait. I am so freaking excited for this. Here is my conversation with Dr. Lindsay Brooks. Hello, Lindsay. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. I'm really excited to have you. And I just read your bio to the audience. I can't freaking wait for what's about to come out in this conversation. But on top of your bio, can you give our audience a little bit more of a look inside the life of Dr. Lindsay Brooks, who you are, what you do, how you work with clients, all the things? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, well, I can kind of tell you how I've, I've transitioned from what I call a sex therapist to sex educator, um, that I, I started off as kind of a, a general therapist, seeing folks for lots of different stuff. Um, and I particularly found in my work with women that um, questions around sexuality and, you know, concerns were coming up often. And I, and I really enjoyed working with women around that stuff and found, like, many of them didn't have any other place they could talk to anyone about this stuff like oh I'm afraid to talk to my friends and Mm -hmm. my family doesn't talk about this stuff and I didn't get any like real education about it in school um so that inspired me to go out and get more training get certified in sex therapy um so I really enjoy that one-on-one work and and I found that's like what I'm most passionate about Mm -hmm. um but then I realized like oh there's a bigger need for this beyond just like the therapy room Mm -hmm. um so i'm excited that i'm going to be starting off for workshops um and i have some online resources available that you know i want this information to be more accessible for people who you know can't necessarily you know get to a sex therapist um or it's not financially accessible so i'm excited to, to offer it more widely so that's what i'm really passionate about now about expanding out to that Oh, I love that. That's so exciting. And it's it's important to obviously honor your passion and your skill working one-on-one, but also to recognize, yeah, there's so many people that need it and to make it this information accessible is a true gift. So can you, you kind of mentioned there that, well, you did mention there that you worked one-on-one and that a lot of the conversations you were having with women, with clients was about their sexuality or their sex. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about what some of these questions maybe were and and how that provokes you into niching into that line of work sure absolutely yeah i mean i've always had a niche in working with like 
sexually diverse and culturally diverse folks. Um, so talking about like sexual identity, like who am I, mm-hmm. or stresses around being in like same sex relationships and, you know, the discrimination and stuff you got to deal with um, was always a part of my practice. And then I found over time, like, people wanting to actually talk about their sex lives and what's going on there mm-hmm. was coming out more. People were like, oh, you're you're comfortable talking about sex stuff. Can I talk to you about this other <laughs> sex <laughs> stuff? Um, like, not just about my identity. And I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And so um, I think as I, I made it more clear, like, oh, I'm open to that, I'm comfortable um, with that, it started coming out more. Um, and so some of the things that I started to hear was a lot of, like, I'm afraid to communicate with my partner about sex Mm. or have like no idea where to even start. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I'm not really experiencing like the amount of pleasure I think I should be experiencing. Like I keep hearing people talk about like sex is amazing and great. And like, Mm. that's not what I'm experiencing. So I think I'm missing something. Um, So maybe they really don't know like what, gives them pleasure or like familiar with their body and anatomy and um so i say those are kind of the two basic biggest themes of like how like why aren't i quite experiencing the pleasure i think i should be and then how the heck do i even talk about (laughs) oh i love it yeah it's it's like this taboo topic for no reason right other than conditioning Mm -hmm. so that's beautiful Mm -hmm. and can you now explain to this this audience here what like sexual empowerment is and why the sexual empowerment school like what does that look like what does that mean and because I feel like it's this very overarching term but I'd love to hear your definition yeah absolutely yeah and this is what it you know it means to me and how I define it and I welcome other people to kind of have their own definitions but you know for me it's about like having the knowledge um that you want to need about your body and what gives you pleasure like not just you know often you know where I'm based in in the U.S. often the only education we get is about like birth control in your period Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like actually having education about pleasure um and then having freedom from shame and being able to have a sex positive mindset Mm -hmm. so letting go of any of those like sex negative messages maybe learned from society and realizing like sex is a normal natural thing that most people desire Mm -hmm. and and it's okay to embrace and explore that and then I think the the third piece for me is especially for women like really deeply knowing that you do deserve pleasure I think so so often women are taught like you know we need to be smaller and quieter and like our bodies need to be smaller and you need to like do everything for everyone else but like oh you actually do deserve pleasure and deserve to like take up space and Mm. to really deeply know that so yeah those are the three components for me and and what that actually looks like for a given woman like how you would implement all those things that looks you know different for everyone there's so much diversity so it's not one like Mm -hmm. you should be doing xyz to be sexually empowered but i think if you have all three of those components then you can explore whatever is right for you Oh, wow. I'm already like my I have chills, full body chills. I'm getting a huge confirmation energetically that this is the message that the audience needs to hear. My audience needs to hear this. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for defining that. And just you've already just in this short conversation, you've demonstrated such a consciousness and intention in how you speak to make sure everyone feels heard and accepted and loved so I just want to thank you for that as well 
So a big thing that I talk about with my audience is embodiment, energetics, and pleasure is a huge part of it because I I deeply Mm -hmm. believe, you know, we're souls having a human experience and part of the human experience is our beautiful senses and pleasure is like this beautiful experience that we get to have in all the ways, in sexual ways and in not so sexual ways. So can you talk to us about what pleasure is for you, means for you, and how you might just start with in- integrating pleasure into a life of your clients or your, your members if they're not really comfortable with that word or that experience? Mm, gotcha. Oh, wow. That's such a powerful question. Like that, <laughs> <laughs> it almost didn't cross my mind that someone would be like, it's not okay to experience pleasure like even just thinking about it might be like a a, a block for some people totally um yeah but I think uh the entry point I think of of kind of getting into pleasure is mindfulness of like being really present in the moment with your experience um and so that can be pleasure in small ways in daily life or in a sexual situation but even you know just like okay I'm eating a meal and I'm actually you know, savoring it. I'm mm. like in my body as I eat it, I'm savoring the tastes of it. And I'm not like distracted with guilt and shame about what am what am I eating? And I should be eating less. And, you know, but to just be like, can I be in the moment in this experience mm. with my body and allow myself to enjoy like the pleasure of, of this meal? Um, so just looking for small moments like that throughout your day and your life can be a way to start. Just get more comfortable with that concept. Um, and then gradually, you know, bringing that over into your sex life, you know, whether that's solo sex or sex with a partner. Um, but to really have the focus come into, like, let me be present with my body and connect with, like, what are the sensations of pleasure mm-hmm. in my body? And that it's not just about, let me please my partner or, oh, my gosh, what do I look like? Or, like, all those things that, you know, can clutter your mind mm-hmm. to really say like okay let me just like let those things go by and reconnect with my breath and get present to experience these sensations I love it I love it and meditation is obviously a huge part of what I do and the work that I do so mindfulness and just the way of being and being in the present mm-hmm. moment everything is so much more dramatic in the best way when you are present it's like oh my gosh this looks so much more beautiful this tastes so much better Mm. this feels so much better and it's it's like living life on drugs when you're in the present moment Mm. so I think pleasure and just introducing it sounds like what I'm hearing here is for someone who does have a little bit of resistance around that experience of pleasure to start small like like you said start Mm -hmm. with enjoying a meal bringing mindfulness into those day-to-days I love it Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. And you talked a little bit there about solo sex or masturbation. Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. you can you share with our audience, you know, just any myths that we need to debunk or any judgment or resistance around that? Because I'm very mm-hmm. pleasure positive, self-pleasure positive. I actually have a, mm-hmm. a confidence program called Embodied Confidence. And on the fifth day, it's a pleasure practice. And you can, you know, mm-hmm. of course, use a vibrator or your own body. Or you could just, like you mentioned, you know, eat something slowly, whatever feels mm-hmm. safe and, and beautiful for you. Um, awesome. So it's very, it's very open for my audience. But 
if there's anyone catching this episode, can we just demystify any resistance around it? Can you riff a little bit on self-pleasure and that practice? Sure, totally. Yeah, and I think, you know, some of the research tells us that, like, women in general tend to, like, explore this later in life. I mean, certainly there there are many women who discover it as, you know, teenagers or kids, but, you know, generally speaking, if we're looking at men versus women, it's like, they don't tend to start to explore into their adulthood. Um, and my, my hunch about that is that that's more of like the shame and the stigma around it, but not that women are not interested in exploring that or mm-hmm. interested in pleasure. Um, and so I would just say like, if you haven't yet explored it, I really encourage you to do so that I think it's one of the best ways to discover like what sensations you really enjoy in your body. Mm-hmm. And for you to get comfortable with what pleasure feels like and the idea of like, there's a part of, I don't know, letting go sounds kind of (laughs) like, I don't know, I don't love that phrase, but like Mm -hmm. there's a piece of like, oh, I have to let go of a bit of control to experience pleasure. And so to get comfortable with like, okay, I can kind of let that happen by myself, I think can then make it more comfortable to start doing that with a partner and to even show them like, hey, this is the kind of stimulation. I enjoy mm. um, and that can really just enhance your connection your communication if you already know that about yourself so um, those are some of the benefits but I think you know to get back to your, your question about the the myths I think some of the myths are like you know religiously based that like mm. it's sin- sinful or it's wrong um, you know depending on your cultural background and beliefs you know there's kind of different myths out there about like it'll have these you know it'll make you go blind it'll have these negative effects on your body things like that and you know there's there's no evidence to support any any of those myths and in actuality that um you know there's a lot of positive health benefits like Mm -hmm. it's been shown to help with mood and anxiety sleep it's a great way to help you get to sleep yeah um and even menstrual cramps like there's a there's a ton of benefits and so um particularly for anyone who might have some religious beliefs that's feel like oh, I'm not sure it feels contradictory mm-hmm. um I would I would just encourage you to explore like within your spiritual practice like you know why would you be created with a body that can experience pleasure mm-hmm. and have parts of it that are made like solely for pleasure mm-hmm. you know why why would that exist if you know we weren't meant to experience pleasure so to kind of like examine that from your you know cultural lens I think could be a good way to maybe work through some of that resistance Mm, Yes, I love it. I love everything that you've said there. And we'll just go back on that whole, I know you said you don't really love the word letting go, but it's like that surrendering. And it's, it's a divine experience to release control like that. And I totally resonate with what you're saying and how that is integrated into that self pleasure experience. Um, but I also love what you're, what you're describing here and all those beautiful benefits. And I'm curious, I want to know when you're, when we're talking, you know, the benefits of a pleasure practice or self or solo sex or masturbation, is this, are these benefits for just that experience or the actual release with an orgasm? I'm I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think mm, that's a good question. I think <laughs> most of the benefits are just the experience of yeah. pleasure. Some, yeah. some of the health benefits, I think, of like particularly like falling asleep um, and like physical, you know, relief. Like mm-hmm. they can be more, more 
if there's an orgasm involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean just experience pleasure and just being mindful of that yes. experience can also give you those benefits. So, yeah, I think that's that's a good point you're bringing up. That I don't want women to get the message of like orgasm is the goal. Mm-hmm. And you need to like put pressure pressure on yourself to achieve that goal. Yeah, um, I think it's much more helpful to be like, oh, pleasure is the goal. Yes. And let me just explore and savor that. And then if an orgasm happens to happen, like lovely, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but we don't have to, you know, have that be the emphasis. Cause I think that pressure can almost make it like less likely to happen. Yeah. I love that. And I totally, I knew that that's, you know, what you had were meaning and describing. I just wanted to make it really clear for everyone listening, like that experience of just being with yourself and mm-hmm. integrating pleasure, whether there's an orgasm or not, it's, it's so healing and therapeutic and so beneficial in all the ways. And then, of course, yeah. like an orgasm is just a cherry on top for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I mean, I've definitely had the experience of in this one season of my life where I was very self-development focused and I was oftentimes actually not in the present moment because I was so focused on the next thing. So when I would mm-hmm. when I would use my vibrator and have pleasure practices, it was like I it wasn't good until I had an orgasm. It was like I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm ready for the orgasm. And it was like kind of robbing of the experience. And now I'm in this mm-hmm. new season of life that is more pleasure focused in, in everything, like slowing down, being obsessed with the moment and and of course, you know, an orgasm actually happens faster and easier in my pleasure practices, but it's like the whole experience is beautiful. And then if something, you know, interrupts you like, oh, my phone rang or whatever, someone someone showed up or all the things, it's like it was still such a beautiful experience despite maybe not having that orgasm. So is that something you can maybe talk to our audience about? Just I know there's a lot of, at least even in my own, some of my own friendships, I shouldn't say a lot, but maybe a couple that that have trouble orgasming or don't feel like they can or or haven't fully experienced one or aren't sure. Like, what would you say to that person? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Great question. Well, first, I would say take the pressure off, <laughs> Re, refocus on exploration and pleasure. And I would encourage them to really experiment with, you know, different forms of stimulation. So I think we get the idea, like, there's a big myth that, like, all women should orgasm through penetration, mm-hmm. and, like, penetration is the best somehow form of orgasm, or, like, that's how <laughs> sex should have happen. Um, but in reality, like, I think it's about, it's, like, 30% or less of women can orgasm through only penetration mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, know that, number one, because... I think there's a lot of women who are like saying, oh, I can't orgasm, pressuring themselves. Like it should be happening that way Mm -hmm. when that's just not, you know, our anatomy just isn't set up that way for a lot of women. Mm -hmm. Um, And so exploring clitoral stimulation and exploring a wide range of how you enjoy that stimulation. Mm -hmm. Um, Because every woman is different. Um, And some really enjoy like very light pressure and stimulation. Some people need really heavy and deep stimulation um so to really get like creative with it Mm. um and see what what you enjoy and what combination of sensations feel good um a a vibrator for many women is 
a beautiful experiment that they really enjoy. <laughs> yep. So I, I encourage you, if you haven't, to definitely use that as one of the, the tools you might explore. Um, but, you know, there's all different ways of like, okay, let me, um, you know, have stimulation with water. Like, let me put my body underneath the water, feel the sensation of the water running over me. That's something mm-hmm. a lot of women enjoy and never even like thought to explore. Yeah, or, I've never thought of that. Let me rub my body against you know a pillow or the bed you know there's all different kinds of things so Mm -hmm. I would say get creative and allow yourself room to just continue to play and explore until you find things that you feel like oh this I experience a lot of pleasure with this and then I can kind of dive deeper into that as you learn more about that stimulation for yourself Mm, beautiful I love it. So with obviously with one on one, and I think it's so clear. And again, I'll just say it out loud. Everyone's experience with pleasure and orgasm and relationships and sex and and how that looks in their life is so unique. So of course, one on one, you're able to get to those individual, you know, experiences, conditioning and actual pleasure. But what about, you know, you, you have courses and resources. What are some of the main takeaway points that you do put out in your in your groups like what's the main things that you really really feel women need to hear about sexual empowerment pleasure this whole topic yeah absolutely um well there's kind of three big areas i cover so one is sex education what i call it sex education so like filling in the gaps of some of that sex education that most women didn't get mm-hmm. <laughs> so um a lot of that information focuses on you know what we're starting with of like you know debunking some of those myths and um teaching about different parts of the body that may offer stimulation and more information about kind of like um sexual desire and what can help increase that or what can impact that so um so I like to kind of make sure we all have like a good foundation to move forward with Mm -hmm. and then and then move into the two other areas of working on sex negative mindsets and any kind of blocks or fear or shame that are still getting in your way Mm -hmm. um and then working on sexual communication and skills um Mm. so I find of those three themes, like most women are missing at least one, which can really get in the way okay. of overall sexual empowerment. Um, and most are probably missing two. <laughs> so if we cover those bases, um, we can usually see a lot of um, change and empowerment from those. Um, and certainly, you know, I, I share a lot of information, but then I have practices that they can, you know, uniquely apply to them to get, you know, their own own insights and apply it to their unique situation so you Mm. know there is a lot of tailoring even in you know like the workshop or the course format oh that's beautiful to know I love that can you talk to us about what a negative sex mindset would maybe look like so people can you know be aware of it because awareness is number one for everything yeah definitely yeah I, I usually find sex negative mindset either falls into like fear based or shame based beliefs about sex um and they often you know are taught to us from somewhere in society whether that's like society at large or our family or specific cultural um or religious background mm-hmm. um and so you know those can be you know all kinds of things but like that you know sex is 
um, something that should be scary. Like you're going to get an STD. You're going to get pregnant when you don't want to. Um, it's going to hurt. You know, there's all these kind of fear-based messages that mm. particularly women get. Um, and then there's a lot of shame-based messages like, oh, you will be a quote-unquote bad girl or you won't be pure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like holding on to even this concept of virginity, which I don't, I don't agree with that term. I don't, I don't think we're, yeah. we're losing any, anything <laughs> no. uh, when, when we choose to have sex. But like that concept of mm-hmm. there is a thing to lose and you better like protect it yeah. um, and not let anyone have it. Um, like I just think about how that, how shameful that will make a woman feel it's like mm-hmm. oh I, I have natural normal desires I'm interested in sex and I want to have sex but I'm being told that's wrong or bad or impure mm-hmm. um so those are just I mean those are just a few examples but like all of those are kind of the underlying messages like this natural part of human life and existence is wrong mm-hmm. um and so that that is what I hope we can you know, create a new narrative around that it is just normal, natural part of human experience. And mm. it's like a wonderful gift that we get to explore. Mm, I love it. So on the then, you know, shifting into the sex positive mindset for our listeners that maybe have children or even or maybe just sort of re like refiguring out their own definitions and experiences like because I think that's needed um how would you suggest they go about redefining that narrative and integrating a positive sex mindset in their own lives and in their families' lives mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and I think that's you know that's some deeper work that takes time so I, I would encourage you to get some support with that process if you find Mm -hmm. like you know I really have a lot of these beliefs and I want to begin letting them go so having some support in the process I think is definitely useful um but I think starting with increasing your own awareness of what of those beliefs Mm -hmm. you've internalized so really noticing like oh when I think about sex or when I think about oh you know when to explore my own pleasure like what are those automatic thoughts that come up and do I do I think like oh no no I don't I don't have time for that or that's wrong or that's dirty or oh my you know I don't like the way my body smells or you know or what are some of maybe those things you've internalized that you can start to notice and and name like oh that's sex negative thought right there mm. oh where where did that come from <laughs> you know mm-hmm. to allow yourself to to question it like oh that's a thought. And that doesn't mean I have to believe it as true or take it on as like, I'm going to, um, you know, act in accordance with that thought. I can question it. So, um, so just starting by trying to notice it and ask yourself questions about it. Um, and and I find doing a journaling practice with this can be really helpful of like, Mm. let me just first start with like writing down whenever I notice any of those thoughts and like, you know. I can put a, a little notes app on my phone, right? Like put it somewhere that's easy to access where it's just like when I'm going throughout my day, I can simply just begin to notice those mm-hmm. thoughts. Um, and then, you know, eventually as, as you start to be able to pause them a little more, you can work on some more, um, you know, like pleasure positive, sex positive affirmations and kind of working towards a different way of thinking and incorporating a new mindset. 
Mm, love it. Yeah, sort of working on that healing process and that awareness process. And then, of course, taking it to that maybe next level of how can we make this something we want more of and feel so excited about, not just, okay, we're tolerating that it's happening. It's let's like thrive on that. Beautiful. And I know we mentioned this sort of earlier in our conversation when we were kind of talking about the pillars of the work that you do, but can you share with us a little bit about communication and how one can communicate with their partner around Uh their needs or desires in their sexual relationship? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it can be helpful like just to start the conversation a lot of people are just afraid to start it and and feel like oh my partner will feel like I'm shaming them or they're doing something wrong so like to start the conversation with like hey you know I'm really enjoying our sex life and there's some things I want to talk about to like add on to it you know assuming that's true of course if (laughs) if things are really not yeah don't don't say that if that's not genuine don't sugarcoat it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm hoping most people, they at least have, like, there is a part of their sex life that they do enjoy and feel good about that. So kind of leading with that, like, oh, I really love, you know, X, Y, Z of what we're doing together. Mm. Um, I have some ideas about some other things we can add. Can we talk about that? So mm. starting off with something positive, I think, can help, you know, decrease some of the, the defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Um And then I think a a framework I find helpful for identifying, like, what you might want to communicate or how you might want to talk about it Mm -hmm. um, is the I I want, I will, I won't framework. So um, for you to do a little work ahead of time of, like, these are the things I really want and enjoy. I'm super excited about. Mm -hmm. Oh, I really hope I could do with my partner. Yeah. These are these are things I'm willing to do. Like maybe they're not the top of my list, but I enjoy them. And if my partner really enjoys them, like sure, I'll happily, you know, do them. Mm-hmm. And then and like the, like, okay, these are my hard limits and things I'm not comfortable with and wouldn't, mm. you know, want to have in, in our sex life. Um, so getting clear on that for yourself beforehand, I think can help open the conversation. So you might want to start with like, you know, here's one or two things I really want. And, and I'm curious if we could talk about adding them. Um, mm-hmm. And then you could also have your partner kind of identify the same, like, well, what are some things you really want? And then you already have a sense of your boundaries of like, okay, if my partner says something they really want, but I'm like, mm, it's not really my thing, but that's in my will kind of category. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm willing and would happily explore that with them. Great. Um, or if that's in my, oh, that's that's in my hard limits category. Yeah. Then I, I know that and I can communicate that. So, I think you getting a little more clear on what are some of the things in each of those categories um, before you open the conversation can help it feel a little more like fluid and we can talk about like what we both enjoy and like compromise. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that can just be a useful mindset for going into a conversation. Oh, I love it. So the I want, I will, and I won't categories. Oh, so fun. So fun and so expansive for a relationship. And even just having, um, you know, I think, and I think we can get into this, but me and my partner will do like relationship check-ins. Just my one friend introduced me to it where they're like neutral questions that you don't necessarily come up with. Therefore, there's no 
opportunity for you know defensiveness or attacking or feeling like a victim but they're just kind of neutral questions like what did I do for you this week that felt really good and you know of course that can be in relation to sex or not or just like what would you like me to integrate more of and these check-ins I think are so important so if you're listening to this and you're like what the hell I don't even talk to my boyfriend about or my partner or my husband or my wife or my whatever about um like about what I like to eat or drink, like I'm not going to go telling you this, just start small, just like the comfortable conversations about what you really like and what you don't like and what you're willing to try. And, and then I think maybe introducing this, I, I will, I, I want, I will, I won't in this, in the bedroom. I love that. I think that's so good. Yeah. And that's a great idea. I love the the, like we have regular relationship check-ins so it's like mm-hmm. normal to talk about right <laughs> normal that oh we, we check in about our relationship that doesn't mean this is bad or something's going wrong yeah and you could naturally just incorporate sex into that check-in totally and how important would you say Lindsay that communication is first and foremost in a relationship uh-huh. and then and then sex communication and a relationship Mm, uh, they're both huge Mm -hmm. (laughs) hugely Mm -hmm. important if if there's one thing I say over and over as a therapist it's like have you talked to them about that like (laughs) (laughs) it's your (laughs) go-to I say it all the time and I part of me feels like oh god does that sound cliche but like there's so (laughs) many things where people will be telling me like this is so important to me it hurts me so much much you know that my partner doesn't understand this about me you know Mm -hmm. whether that's emotionally or sexually and they've never brought it up Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I understand there's probably a lot of reasons for for that that we can unpack but it's like there's literally a zero percent chance they could ever meet your needs if they don't know it's it's a need exactly um and if you are able to bring it up there's at least a a percent chance mm-hmm. that your need could, could get met. You know, we don't get our needs met all the time, but at least acknowledging them and talking about them um, and having them hurt, even if they can't be met immediately, just that is really powerful mm-hmm. and connecting. Um, so I think it's it's super, super important. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And then to kind of go off of that, like I've I've heard people talk about this, like, sex good having a good sex life in your relationship is like the most important thing and then I've heard other people be like that's not that important to me or it's not that important in general what is your like you know clinical opinion but also just like your own personal opinion on that Mm -hmm. yeah I think I think of it as like emotional connection is like one pillar and then sexual connection is another pillar Mm -hmm. and then kind of your relationship is like the bridge between Mm -hmm. those two things um and so for some people one pillar or the other pillar feels more important um but usually it's like if both aren't there it won't feel Mm -hmm. like a solid foundation um and it's not uncommon like it's it's often like in a partnership like one person will feel like a the sexual connection is more important and the other person feels the emotional is more important. And so like together for you both to have balance, you Mm -hmm. need both. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I would say it's not one is more important than the other. It's like different people have different priorities. Mm -hmm. Um, But most often you need both for each person to feel 
like supported and seen in the relationship. So, mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and there's going to be, of course, ebbs and flows. Certainly, if you're talking about a long term, multi decade relationship, there will be, you know, times in life where it's, there's a lot going on or someone is ill or there's young children. Mm. There will be times where maybe sex becomes <laughs> less of a priority or less important. Mm-hmm. And then there will be times where it's like, hey, we want to get back to that way we used to connect and, and we want that to be a priority again. So yeah. it's also for people to just know it's, I think it's a natural over your lifetime for that to ebb and flow, how much it's a priority and how much you're interested in it as well. Absolutely. I've even just in my 27 years noticed the ebbs and flows in that too. And you know, with or without a relationship, just in your in the own d- desire there and what's going on emotionally, mm-hmm. biologically, in the busyness of your life, all the things. Yeah. What would yeah. you say to the person? And again, because I know you did a, you've done many years in therapy, probably working maybe with couples and individuals. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what would you say to the couple who who wants to get more? of that sexuality and that pleasure back in their relationship in, in the bedroom, so to speak, right? Like not just, you know, doing date nights and stuff, but like they really want to get back or improve and just be at the best level together. What would you say to that person? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Well, I think about like the things that affect sexual desire. There's kind of like two, two systems that affect it. There's like the things that, kind of dampen desire and I call that the, the brakes puts the brakes on desire mm-hmm. and then there's the things that um, increase it and put the accelerator mm-hmm. on it um, so kind of exploring together what are the things for each of them that put the brakes on and put the accelerators on um, and particularly for women um, it's been found that it's really helpful to like particularly focus on the brakes <laughs> so like mm-hmm. ooh, what are the things get in the way and how can we work on maybe lifting some of those um, can really help increase desire again Um, so figuring out what those are for each of you you and then coming up with some strategies of how to address them together I think can be a great um, first step so you know for example um, you know I hear a lot of women overwhelmed with just like the burdens of oh I have more of the household work and Mm. I have more of the child care stuff and I have a full-time job and I'm juggling you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm juggling a million things totally and just by juggling all of that I don't have time to feel sexy or interested in sex um (laughs) so maybe that's one of her breaks and so a conversation about okay well we need to discuss how we do the division of labor in our relationship Mm -hmm. and that may not a lot of people might be like, what, how's that related to sex? But if there's a better division of labor and then she feels less stressed and then that stress isn't decreasing her sex drive, well, then all of a sudden she may be more interested and also feel more connected to her partner. Like, oh, okay, we have like a more equal shared partnership now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, certainly that's just one example, not true for everyone, but kind of figuring out what are those things for you and then like coming up for a plan together of how to address them. Absolutely. And I think that this all kind of circles back to what you talked about initially, and that is like starting with mindfulness. I think that the more we, you know, and this is so important to hear, and even just for me to speak out loud, it's the more we take care of ourselves, the better our relationship to pleasure and the better our sex lives, so to speak, will be because we're, we know what we want. 
we're giving ourselves what we want. And we have the time and space, the mindfulness, the presence, so to speak, to to have the space for it. Like I personally know I've had very busy seasons of my life and I'm a very sexually empowered, sex positive lover of sex in all the ways. And there's been times where it's just been not even on my mind and you don't really realize until after you're like, Oh my God, no wonder I'm a little bit on edge or I needed, like I needed some sort of relief and it just wasn't available because of the busyness. So starting with that mindfulness, can you share with, with our audience, like, how to begin those small steps to sort of up that desire level just on your own, not in a relationship, but on mm-hmm. your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think developing and starting a mindfulness practice um, in, in general is useful because it helps you connect with your body um, and it helps with your stress levels and it helps you slow down. So there's so many wonderful benefits. Um, but then doing some actual specific, like pleasure focused mindfulness strategies. Um, and I have on my website, I have some, um, resources for that if people are interested in exploring them. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, one of the practices, for example, it's like, you know, you do your kind of typical mindfulness beginning where you focus on your breath and you get settled into your body. Um, and then to help you kind of get comfortable with the sensation of pleasure, like I have you, you know, take one hand and just kind of gently go up and down one finger of the other hand so just kind of like gently stimulating your hand and just seeing really tuning into like oh what's the sensation of pleasure on my hand what are the sensations i'm feeling on the skin what's the temperature what's the texture um and just getting really comfortable with tuning into your body and slowing down and so just starting with some simple practices like that Mm. can help you you know begin to connect with your body in like a deeper way and then you can like as you get comfortable like transition and explore more you know the more sexual parts of your body and what are the sensations there Mm, I love it I really love it and I and you and I I think we're chatting about this on email so with as an embodiment I'm a holistic success coach but embodiment is a huge part of what we do and just what you were describing there like that you know touching your skin and and just feeling your body again becoming embodied it's such a beautiful practice and the way that I work it with with the work that I do is it all comes back to holistic success which is you know holistic health but with a mindset of abundance growth progress all the things can you because I guess oh my gosh I can't believe the time we're kind of coming around here I could chat with you all day like I've already gained so much from this but with the focus of holistic success because that's sort of the what's really why the audience is you know tuning in here and of course they have this interest in under better understanding their pleasure but what would you say the relationship between sexual empowerment and holistic success is if there is one Mm. which which I think we both know there is (laughs) yeah for sure yeah well I I find when women are more comfortable and confident sexually that tends to radiate out into other parts of your life Mm. so you know if you think about like okay I'm grounded in touch with my body I can communicate with my partner about intimate sexual needs. Mm. Well, then I can go out and do the other things <laughs> that are important <laughs> to me. I, I can start the business I want to start yes. or, you know, discover, 
you know, the new practice I've been afraid to try, or I can talk with someone about, you know, pitching something that I was afraid to do. Like, well, I'm talking about sex. I can talk about a business idea, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I, I think that that, I've seen that, it might feel counterintuitive, but it's all almost like if I can feel confident sexually, yeah. then other things seem almost easy and and it can, if you start there, then it can build out. Oh, yeah. Confidence. Oh, God, I love that so much. It's like that merging of confidence and sexual empowerment. Like they are one in the same. And of mm-hmm. course, the trickle effect, it's more than a trickle effect. It's like a tsunami effect of how that will amplify all the things in your life. I think that's so fun. And yeah, like you said, if you're comfortable and confident talking about sex, communicating and feeling into it in an embodied state, every aspect of your life will benefit. Oh, so good. So Lindsay, before we sort of wrap things up, you're of course going to share with the audience, you know, where they can work with you, how they can get in your world. There's going to be so many people that will feel, you know, accepted and heard and they just want to maybe take it to that next step. But before we, we do all that, can you give our audience words of wisdom? What do you feel they need to hear today? What do women need to hear in terms of sexual empowerment? Yeah, I think if you take away one thing, remember one thing from this conversation, I would hope it would be that you deserve pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I hope you can own your right to pleasure. Oh, hallelujah. That, <laughs> right? <laughs> that it really is is a right. And don't let anyone tell you different. <laughs> hallelujah. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. That was beautiful. And where can everybody find you? How can they get in your world? How can they work with you? What are you offering right now? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the best way for people to connect with me um, is I have a resource on my website. Um, If you just go to sexualempowermentschool.com slash quiz, there's a quiz there that can help you identify exactly what are the things that are getting way of your sexual empowerment right now. Um, and so it'll, it'll help you identify, okay, what category it maybe is getting in my way. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll give you a tip for how to begin to address that. And then it'll also give you a resource. So I think that's the best way for people who are like, Oh, I want to dip my toe in the water and like get a little more insight and maybe start trying some new things. Um, I'd recommend checking out the quiz. Wow. Um, And then, you know, you can always find me on Instagram as well at Sexual Empowerment School. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I will link everything below in the show notes. So you can just click, click, click and get into Dr. Lindsay Brooks' world because I already know, I don't want to say hope, I want to say no, that everyone who listened to this today has received exactly what they needed to hear and on some level is feeling more self-loving and self-accepting, but also more confident and excited to be more communicative and really deep dive into their own sexual empowerment and pleasure experience here on earth. Yeah. Oh, I hope so too. That's my, I feel like that's my mission. So I would, I would love that. (laughs) That's the takeaway from today. That's it. And you're doing such a beautiful job, Lindsay. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your time, for your expertise, and for all of the insights and practical takeaways you've gifted both me and the audience today. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate all you do as well. 
Wow, that was such a beautiful, expansive conversation with Dr. Lindsay Brooks. I'm so excited about what we discussed today. I feel even more empowered and excited about the pleasure in my life, and I hope you do too. Have a beautiful day. Do not forget to save and subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with whoever needs it most.